Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Max Hobeck. What I never imagined, I think, how the business has become virtual. Uh, initially, when I set out, I, I, I thought, um, you know, now I need to be going to see people constantly, you know, and uh, across Europe and, and whatnot. And I think that has totally changed. I think the entry barriers for me as an individual service provider, they really have shrunk in quite a a nice way. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. My name is Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by incredible and inspiring people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe in whichever player you use. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure and click that new follow option in the top right-hand corner of the page or in your app rather. That way Apple knows to queue me up every time I publish a new episode and that way we both win. So before I jump into introducing this week's guest, just a quick reminder once again that after nearly 200 of these interviews, I've learned a thing or two about what makes business work online. And it turns out success does leave clues. And I want to give you that map. Jump over to my website and grab your copy of the personal brand business roadmap. It's everything you need to start, scale, or just fix your personal brand business. It's yours for free as a gift from me. Now, most weeks on the show, we focus on how to stand out as a small business or as an entrepreneur. But what if you want to stand out inside a large organization as a personal brand entrepreneur, so to speak, rather than as an entrepreneur? It's safe to say that in large organizations, the same rules apply as in regular business. If you want to stand out inside or outside an organization, the same rules apply. So this week, my guest is Max Habeck, and we're going deep into how to stand out in a global corporation. Max, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. Delighted to be here. So I'm really excited to speak to you about this particular thing because a lot of my contacts, a lot of the people who know me, they're not running organizations, they're not business leaders, so to speak, but it still matters to them that they're visible in their organization and that they're making the best out of every opportunity they can. So I know this is really your area of focus in a big way. So that was why I wanted to have you on the show. But for the for the listener who doesn't know you, who is Max Habeck and what do you do? What's the Max Habeck story? Yeah, the Max Habeck story. It's really about uh, leadership development in the big four. And it's I work exclusively with leaders in the big four firms, which are the major accounting and integrated professional services firms. Just think Ernst & Young, think Deloitte, think KPMG, PwC, and, and similar firms. And it's really, for me, helping people, leaders in those firms, build standout businesses while having a life. I used to be a leader at one of them myself, uh, looking after 1,100 people in one of the fastest growing businesses globally. And basically, in a way, figured it out and been struck by the fact how important the behaviors I been learning over the years are also now in my change life. And for me, it's really about bringing excitement, confidence, and joy to people in the big four and similar firms and wherever they may be. So 
one of the things we've had conversations in the past, one of the things that strikes me about working in these big organizations is the pressure is on. What is the pressure like for these people sort of day to day? What's What are the expectations on them? Well, the interesting part is you, you enter the profession as a, as a junior, as a junior consultant, as a junior auditor, and you become a subject matter expert. Usually you like numbers, you do deep dives, you get excited about it, you are totally worked up by showing your client new insight and you're progressing um, throughout your career and then all of a sudden uh, more and more other things become important, for instance, and the major part is selling. So the pressures people find themselves under is, and even after having reached the highest level and the highest level in these professional services firms is a role basically of partner. You are a co-owner of the business and you are supposed to be running your own business, finding clients, developing them, serving them. So you're finally in the role you always wanted to be in, but all of a sudden you find out and say, oh my God, this is much more demanding than it ever has been. The firm is expecting so much from me. Uh, you always pride also yourself on being a subject matter expert. And yet again, the firm says, well, this is all great, but now you need to become a C-level advisor. You need to be working with the top executives. You need to bring to bear all the services the firm has to offer and really be an integrated uh, provider of services. You need to generate the revenues and, you know, and it, you get your scorecard and the firm is expecting from you a certain top line you're contributing, you know, and, and once in a while you're getting desperate and saying, so where is this coming from? Oh my God, you have team members and you always provide it, you know, you'll say it again here. You have team members, people supporting you, working with you yet again. That's fine. You're working with team members, people supporting you. And you always pride it you on being a great people person, but you sense they have all become more demanding and you need to figure it out. And moreover, you wouldn't be there if you hadn't been able to work really hard. And you get to a point also where you start realizing, will this never change? The hours remain brutal. The strain may be showing at home. And you look around you and you wonder why are some of the others so much more at ease? So that's it, not quite in a nutshell, but these are yeah. kind of the five, six areas I always see people dealing with. And I dealt myself with as a former partner in one of the major firms. So listening to that, I think there's a lot of parallels just with regular business ownership that a lot of the time people grow into a business ownership role because they were a great technician. You speak about subject matter experts. Most people are great at what they do, which is why they do well in business. And then they find themselves as a business owner trying to grow, building a team. It's the same when you come in as a partner, I guess. And the rules are different. The expectations are different. And you have to grow in other areas, I guess. So 
for me, there's a lot to relate to there. Within your practice then, how are you helping them grow in these areas? What are the, I guess, the tools that you bring to bear? Because these are busy people. They don't have time to waste and they don't suffer fools gladly, I imagine. So what is your process for helping them get to a point where they're probably in crisis or, or sometimes to a point where they are at the same level of ease or similar as those people that they look up to? Yeah, it's a great question, Bob. And I'm just reflecting on a discussion I had with a partner in one of the uh, firms just yesterday. And I was stuck by the fact that, you know, he has about 40 years old. He has been a partner for three and a half years. So he has been really on the fast track. You know, and he is starting to realize now and say, oh, my God, I still have 20 years to go. What am I going to be doing now? How is my future going to be panning out? Is this just continuing? Uh, is this going to be more and more and more? And what I have done, uh, and I have been part of the industry, I mean, for all my career, I started out in, in the 90s as an associate in, uh, in a strategy consulting firm and then moved on from there. But what I really have defined is what I call the three partner powers. And the three partner powers are market up, team up, and lead up. And I'm pretty vocal about that these are the three areas you need to be succeeding in in order to have a great career. And what is so interesting about it is it's not really different from what you need to be doing as an entrepreneur. Uh, for instance, market up. It's really about shaping your profile, uh, define your ideal clients, and develop your go-to-market system. I mean, think about it for a moment. In the, the major firms, uh, you have hundreds of partners. Uh, what is great about the major firms is there is tremendous market access. However, your co-partners need to understand what you do in order for them to be able to present you and your service at one of their clients. So it's really, I mean, get clear your profile, tell them, you know, who is your ideal client. And then also you need to have kind of a rigorous system, how you go about developing your market. And clearly in the big four, it's more internally, I would argue, than externally, because the market reach is very, very strong. Uh, moving over to the team-up part, it's really about determining your role, how you cooperate with others, how you leverage skills you find in the firm, how you find people willing to support you. And it's really about establishing your relationship. Outside of um, you know, the corporate environment, you probably would say, you know, how, how, do you, how do you partner? How do you partner with other firms or so? So here you need to partner internally. And that's what I call team up. And then I think what really makes a difference is the lead up part. You find yourself, after having been a partner for a couple of years, you know, people start to think, or you start to think, gee, you know, I mean, there are 
quite a few around me. How do I stick out? Is there a next step for me? So it's really about you setting your agenda, articulating your core beliefs, and sharpen your presence. And I think that is so comparable to the outside world. Um, but at the same time, very few have a clear system, you know, determined a clear system, a clear pathway for themselves. So, and that's where I come in and that's where I help because I think it is really about keeping up the excitement, you know, the confidence and also the joy you as a professional experienced in the early years um, of your career. But as I said a little earlier, you know, and then you are a partner and you find yourself and saying, oh my God, I still have a couple of years to go. I have decades to go. You know, how do I keep the energy? You know, what, what is interesting? And I think you can shape it. I think what's interesting to me listening to what you're describing there is when you're great at something, people promote you and you hear the the stories of the great sales professional that was put in a sales manager role he never wanted to be a manager but because he was great at his job he was sort of drawn up the organization a little bit and the problem with celebrating success like that is it means that those people who are great at something as long as they're continuing to do their best they're constantly being put in positions where their comfort zones are being tested and they're being constantly put in positions where they're uncomfortable. And I think that's why these partner powers, they give your ideal customer a tool set with which to become comfortable, to move from a state of distress through discomfort to a, a state of ease through discomfort, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. And I would I mean, totally echo your, your point, Bob. I have seen over the years in this industry too frequently, I mean, partners getting promoted to, you know, a regional position, a more of a leadership position. And they used to be the, the greatest rainmaker the world had ever seen. But somehow the firm felt, you know, there was a need to provide him or her with the next step up. and. Interestingly enough, uh, the teams in the firms, are, I mean, many times have been much more observant than the leadership level. That, you know, within the younger ranks, you know, uh, you heard so-and-so was promoted to such and such, and people looked at themselves and said, really? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, he is a great client handler, great sales person, and whatnot. But he cannot stand in front of any group. I mean, uh, that but he cannot talk. You know, he cannot. Has he ever said anything really engaging? You know, and so it's kind of really, really interesting. And I, I think, granted, we all cannot become the greatest leaders the world has ever seen. But I think you can, with a plan in hand, you can start working at it. And I think also you need to be, don't go all, all over the place. Uh, focus on what makes the difference. Unfortunately, uh, these firms are 
there are so many systemic behaviors. You know, you want, you know, you joined the firm, you observe what the, you know, quote unquote elders are doing, and that must be right. And you will also find that, I mean, certain behaviors are just totally silly. They're not adding anything, and still people keep doing them. And what the partners' powers are helping clients with, it's really about let's make sure you get your focus right and you start working at things that truly matter. And also be clear what you say no to. And unfortunately, over the years, and you know what? I've been as guilty as any other partner. You know, there is, you know, certain things are thrown at you and, you know, you pick them up well knowing, well, this is not quite fitting. You're not really ready to have a discussion right now with your managing partner about it. At the same same time, you feel a little, in a way, honored and say, oh, yeah, Cook, see, he is entrusting me with this. But it's not really helping you. And uh, uh, funny enough, I have had, uh, after people have uh, become partners, I have had quite a few uh, discussions when I was still a managing partner with junior partners at the time who immediately got approached by the system and saying, hey, couldn't you do this and that for us? And thankfully, I remember one of the partners calling me up and saying, hey, Max, is this really adding anything right now to <laughs> what I should be doing? And I thought, you know, it's almost, almost like, thank you for that question, Daniel. You know, because no, it's not. <laughs> you know, you need to be focusing on really something else right now. And the role they offered you, that's great after you got you know your your swimming certificate as a partner but not right now make sure you know, you're not getting confused and the big organizations have a tendency to confuse people too so a, a place i would like to go i guess is you had a great career in a giant organization and now you're doing things your own way it's really jumping from one end of the spectrum right through to the other as a, a solopreneur, so to speak, although I know you have a team, but nevertheless, it's the Max Habeck organization. It's not Ernst & Young or KPMG or any of these big boys. So how have you found that transition and, and what I guess the real question is, selfishly, is what are the biggest lessons that you've taken from being in a giant organization and applied to your own small business? What have been the greatest assets from that experience in your new experience? Well, I think one of the greatest assets uh, definitely has been that I don't shy away from presenting myself, whether it being little LinkedIn videos. um, And I don't have, because I've been talking to groups of, you know, I know, a couple of thousand people. And so I think that is definitely one of the assets I think my career has provided me with the ability to basically climb on any stage. And 
articulate something sensible and you know worthwhile for the audience so i think that is uh, is really great um at the same time the challenge as a as a solopreneur i mean it's quite different uh, i also had to learn and i'm most definitely one of the perfectionists out there um and it's really or it was really easy with the team uh you had been working with for years team members knowing what these standards were and um as a solopreneur that is much more complicated because it's really you you are the team um and in order to really grow the business you need to start leveraging yourself better i mean i'm totally clear on where my strengths are i have always been a creator i like to stand in front of people i like to generate ideas i have certain expectations for delivery and i think you know the realization hey you know that the workbench you know it's not just the creator you know the or the r&d and design department you know but also the workbench and they all are called max i think that's one of the biggest challenges but but i think uh, the realization is really really important that also to establish a real business you need to put a plan in place and you need to work the plan and there are really lead indicators and there are lack indicators so i think really monitoring lead indicators that certain activities are happening uh, is really really key to generate you know or produce the lack indicators you know and for simplicity's sake you know it's really uh, from you know the the number of client contacts as a lead indicator you have had over the course of the week you know and then as a lack indicator later on the revenues generated basically and i think that kind of understanding has been tremendously helpful and i guess another question i'm always very curious to ask is with your business now which parts of it do you find personally the hardest which parts are really not your comfort zone um i really like a lot the uh, the market facing activities i'm getting incredible energy out of talking to potential clients um to also in the marketing space i'm 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 i really like you know whatever has to do with developing clients serving clients um uh really love it i think the struggles really um are you know when it gets about you know checking things i i have as you know is a certain things are really happening um and my my whole career i think i always been a very strong believer that um people you know want to do a great job and and also um i think one of the learnings then for me has become that i need to do a better job in explaining what i want where in the past you know it was kind of easy because somehow people around me got me they understood from the get go and i think that definitely has changed and and that's 
that is a challenge and um, something I'm is, I mean, kind of struggle with it weekly, to be honest. I think something I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs is on the one hand, systems, that they, they don't have the systems in place that give them the freedom. I think when, you, when you're working in a large organization, you have the back office systems there. There is built-in efficiencies. Whereas when you have to create them from scratch or depend on other people to bring them to you, they don't have those systems necessarily. And so then you're left vulnerable in the situation where you either educate or you do it yourself. And that's not a nice place for someone like you who's used to having these systems just work, I'm guessing. No, I think you are you are absolutely right. I think one of the challenges, I mean, all, I'm all for systems, but there's also the uh, realization they are not created, you know, by someone else but me in yeah. the end. Or I, I bring in other people who help me create the system. And I think that's exactly where I'm at right now. You know, I think over the last year or so, it's been quite clear to me that I need to build a team and I need to really enable them to get certain things in place. And it may not be the picture-perfect solution Max would have created, uh, but it's, you know, much, much better than what I, than without, you know. So I think that's part of the realization too. You know, you're, you're getting to a point where you kind of look at it and say, by God, I mean, I can design a long list of what I need, you know, but we need to kind of start doing and get it executed. And I think yeah. that's kind of the constant challenge. It's about priorities. Uh, what do you do wor- uh, first? You know, what is can be delayed? Um, and clearly, I mean, when you start out, clearly you start out and say, hey, let's kind of work first on the top line, uh, find some clients, and the rest will take uh, place later on. But uh, I would urge, you know, all entrepreneurs, you know, make sure you're not losing sight of, you know, what else needs to be taking place as well. And I think um, as an entrepreneur, I've been looking for a kind of guides, you know, people who have done it before. I simply don't have the time and the capacity to educate myself on each and every aspect of what is feasible uh, right now and and for instance, watch YouTube videos and there is no time for it. You know, yeah. so I'm looking for people who can help who have done it before and, you know, and either, you know, farm it out on a per job basis, you know, or bring someone on and say, hey, that's, can you be my integrator here, for instance? So one of the things I know about you is you're busy. You're a really busy guy. And you are ambitious, although you're no longer working in big four. And that was sort of, that was your choice. You are ambitious for the Max Habic partner powers business. And I think there were some people listening, thinking what he, he only works for like four or five different organizations for the person who doesn't necessarily know how many people work in these organizations. Well, um, the big four, there are 350,000 plus globally. Uh, and what is really attractive about them, I mean, for me as a uh, provider of services targeting them, I mean, there are individual country organizations. 
I think also what I never imagined, I think how the business has become virtual. Uh, initially, when I set out, I, I, I thought, um, you know, now I need to be going to see people constantly, you know, and uh, across Europe and, and whatnot. And I think that has totally changed. I think the uh, the entry barriers for me as an individual service provider, um, they really have sh shrunk um, in quite a, a nice way. So when I just look at the at the big four right now, I mean, looking, you know, I mean, and, and for for instance, I mean, the big fours are, are all are pre present in more than 120 countries. You know, so I mean, it's sizable. You know, they are structured all the same way. You know, so they are kind of divisions. You know, they are sub business units. So the opportunity it's for me and also you know having the experience um in these businesses i mean it's um really a great market to be in right now and i want to ask a question about that market in a little bit for anybody that's thinking you know what i i think i might have something to serve that audience with but what i wanted to focus on and the reason i asked the question was people here people in my chair talking about the importance of niching all the time and when I f first looked at what you were doing, I thought that looks like an incredibly narrow niche, but actually it's broad enough to support a good sized business. And that was really where I wanted to go that you at the moment, it's Max Habeck driving this, but I know you have plans to grow and that sort of projecting yourself five years into the future is really what I wanted to look at, is how do you see this organization growing? I think the, I, I see it really become a true partner power, to be honest. Um, I think there is a, a great opportunity for people like me who have been there, done it. I think one, I mean, I have uh, in dealing with clients I have kind of immediate credibility because I used to be one of them. I have been through it. And I think there is this uh, big discussion between coaches. Oh, should the coach know? Uh, you know sh and it's not really about advice, but I think it's a lot about empathy. What clients tell me is, oh my God, we definitely see that you understand that uh, the first day of the new fiscal year, you know, your revenue meter starts pretty much at zero and you better get busy. <laughs> and and I think that is something which you can, it's very hard if you haven't been there. And um, so I see this really grow with a group of partners over the years where we really address the issues partners are facing. I mean, really helping them yet again build a standout practice while having a life. And I think that's kind of key, what we do. And that's what we want to be recognized for here. And I guess selfishly, on behalf of the listener, there will be people thinking, yeah, I think I have something to bring, bring these big four businesses. Obviously, you have credibility because you were one of them but they represent quite a healthy 
affluent market. And if somebody was listening, thinking, okay, I have something that I would like to bring to that audience, how would you mentor someone like that to go about it? Um, it's, it's interesting. You know, the, 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 the moment you are uh, running a decent sized business in one of the big four, you're getting approached by the outside market. People trying to pitch you coaching, training, presentation, drafting, uh, whatever services. And what I find so interesting is I, over my career, I only worked with a very selected few. Uh, first of all, did not have time to, and I think this is critical, make sure people get what you offer and what it does. And I think that is one of the observations I had had as a buyer. It was like, I'm not getting it. How is this helping me? And I think it is uh, also executive search services, for instance. You know, they all pitch a good game and so on, but they never understand really that whoever I want to bring into the business, I still have a boss, you know, and it needs to, they need to make it easy for me, make it easy for me so I can kind of further the course here. And I think that is sometimes it's totally convoluted and I don't have, the, I didn't have the time to really, you know, um, take a bite, chew it, and it was impossible. So I think really be totally clear, you know, think about the potential client and, and sit back and, and make it kind of clear what is it they get from you and how does it make their life better. Other than that, I mean, there, there are incredible hurdles to get in there. And if, if that is not, and if you're not finding promoters, you know, to really see the value, I think it's going to be hard. So really, I guess it boils down to relationships. You need to build relationships first. You need to build an understanding of the organization and the people in that organization. You need to demonstrate value before you've taken any money and then hope one of those people that you've gone out to bat for reciprocates, but you don't get nothing for nothing. Yeah, I would probably say, you know, before you take money, I mean, before you take, you know, anybody's time, I would say, yeah. <laughs> you know, because before you extract you value, don't have time. And yeah. so make it, make it compelling and, and make it, make it totally clear. Other, other than that, I think it's, you know, in this kind of a business, in this kind of environment, people are really, really uh, ambitious you know, they are uh, kind of goal-getters, um, you know. So whatever, you know, if it's distracting, um, you know, they, the interest, or if it's complicated, uh, they're, not, they're not picking it up. So, Max, I'm looking at the time. We should probably bring things to a close quite soon. If somebody's listening thinking, I like the sound of those partner powers, or if they would like to get a little bit closer to you or connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Well, I guess great, you know, starting point is my website, uh, maxhabeck.com. I also have uh, my my partner power scorecard out there, which in essence uh, leads people through uh, 20 plus diagnostic questions and uh, providing a score where people are at. I have also a couple of um, um, articles out there and a couple of, uh, you know, very pointed videos, which some people may be helpful because I'm also, 
uh, totally clear. It's not just applicable in the big four. Um, it's almost in a way that's how corporations work and what corporations want to see. Max, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? The thing really, and it's it's almost like, and you, you hear it again and again, and, and it applies... It's kind of keep building your list, start building your list way earlier and make sure that all the contacts you have assembled over your career find their way into your list. I think that's uh, kind of key. And But yet again, you know, how much can you handle as an individual? And uh, I think that's a permanent struggle as a solopreneur, entrepreneur. I think... That's absolutely true. I mean, this is the most common answer that I hear. And the, it's this whole thing of what's the best time to plant a tree 25 years ago? Absolutely. What's the next best time? It's right now. Right now. Max, you've been an awesome guest. I've had great fun. Um, it's been great to borrow into your business a little bit. I feel so, yeah, it's just such a privilege for me to get to be so nosy so thank you so much for You're indulging me Bob. i really appreciate uh, being being here thank you very much thank you before i go just a quick reminder to subscribe and join our facebook group you'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders also connect with me wherever you hang out you'll find me on all the social platforms at bob gentle if you enjoyed the show, then I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would make my day. And if you shared the show with a friend, you would literally make my golden list. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks to you for listening, and I'll see you next week.